this week on the Pushwell Legs podcast, presented by Bear Bells, we have a protein giveaway. We also talk about the ins and outs of intermittent fasting, what we think of lunging, and a shocking tabloid article all about protein. Three, two, one. It's giveaway time, Daniel. Hey guys, welcome to the Push Pull Legs podcast with myself, Dami. And myself, Tom Hall. What's going on? Yeah, good mate, yeah. We're back into the scenario where my laptop uh, is running on battery. I forgot my charger again. Absolute schoolboy error. Um, but we should be good. I've got enough battery. Be right. yeah. You were, you were saying you had about 80-something percent. Went on yeah. Instagram, you were complaining about it. That's absolutely fine. Yeah, we're down to we're down to sixty nine percent now. So you know, time is a ticking. Tom. What a, what a time great, is a ticking. Yeah, superb number to be at. So uh, that's absolutely fine. Cool. What's uh, what's going on in your world, dude? Not a lot, mate. Not a lot. We've had a busy few days uh, at Team Box HQ, doing lots of work for our group coaching, making sure that that is amazing uh, for every single person that's on it. Um, so yeah, we've just filmed all the content videos uh, for that. So yeah, ten weeks worth of pure gold from the team so we've been doing that we had our uh, video guy in doing that with us so yeah that's looking all good what about yourself amazing right yeah my uh, my group programming has just uh, kicked off um i was i was quite taken aback the uh, <laughs> the, the uh, guys that are on it actually said bear in mind they're doing this for well i'm letting them do it for free um they were like shit that's a lot of work that i've done mm-hmm. i was like oh amazing great I'm just surprised I have more than one person go forward for it. I know, it's mad. Like yeah. all, all five of my slots went within, within how many minutes? Is it five? Three minutes, I think I timed it out. It was gone. Wow. Damn. You're so in demand, my friend. Know, so in crazy. demand. I only got five people, so it's all right. And then they cut off. <laughs> We're all good. Um, yeah, so they, they're looking to be us. Like the workouts that they're programmed are hideous. Um, I'm also doing mm-hmm. it with them for a bit of... Uh, Bit of giggles. I know it's not cool. So uh, they've got the luxury of looking at the program that I'm doing and looking at the loads that I'm doing as well. So it's quite fun. Nice, yeah, brilliant. So we've got um, because we're now a sponsored podcast by uh, Bear Bells Protein Bars. Tom, we have um, teamed up with them and we are doing a giveaway. We are, we are doing a giveaway, mate, which is uh, fantastic. So the the guys down at Bear Bells have been very nice to us already um but they want to be even nicer to uh to the listeners basically god knows why I mean, they they didn't. <laughs> so uh they're not even given they've not even given us reviews on on iTunes, really. <laughs> i know maybe I mean, that, that should be a, a component of this but we're actually gonna let them off slightly um yeah. so we teamed up with them and then they want to give away a mix box of uh protein bars um of bear bars bars so what we're going to do is we're going to do it for Instagram, right? I think that's where yep. the majority of people are sitting, uh, are kind of filtering around. Um, if you don't follow me or Dan, then definitely the time is now, um, mm. uh, considering. So just to be clear, the, the cutoff for this, because obviously the, the the podcast goes out on, yeah, you're listening, if you're listening to it Tuesday night or Wednesday morning, um, the cutoff for this will be Thursday evening at 7 p.m., so Ooh, tight that's a short window that bro. is a short window right so as soon as i put the instagram post out this is what you're gonna have to do okay so number one 
obviously I will tag them in it and go give bearbells.uk a follow so at bearbells.uk it will be tagged in the post so if you follow me Dan's going to repost it anyway he's going to try and get some free bars again as well so um, pretty much <laughs> and then so that's number one go follow them number two repost the show so if anybody doesn't have the repost app I think there's there's a few that are out there right Dan I'm sure you have one yeah I just use the repost it's literally called repost yeah I've, I've, I've got one that's called repost yeah it's absolutely fine it's really really simple um, it just like copies and pastes and then you repost it easy it tags everybody you want into it as well um, and number three is tag three friends I'm guessing in the original in the original post that in you the original out. not just your own <laughs> yeah. yeah so uh, tag three friends whoever they I guess people who might want to listen to our show yeah, um, people that people that would enjoy our dulcet tones in their ears every Wednesday. Yeah, they're the type of people you should tag. Anyone interested in fitness, uh, nutrition, training, um, anything like that? Uh, that's probably the best thing to do. Yeah, pretty much. And let them know. Let them know you're doing it as well. Otherwise, it's really random. Sometimes when you get a random tag, you're a bit like that's a bit weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah, that. and by all means, if they do it, then they can go. Uh, they can go follow and do everything. Give them the instructions. Screw it. Go for it. We'll put yeah, it in well, there. Well, the instructions will be on the post because Tom's yeah. uh, smart to put them in there for you. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, you'll get a box of protein bars totally free. So there you go. Yeah. Worth 24, 25 quid, something like that, including delivery. Get it all free. So Amazing, right? There'll be, was what, it the, the cash, it chocolate cashew, the, the uh, cookie stuff? The caramel cashew. Caramel cookies cashew, and cookies, thank you. And chocolate coconut. Personal favourite, caramel cashew, without a doubt. Uh, personal favourite, no. Cookies. No. No, wrong. no, Tom. Tom's wrong. <laughs> who are you going <laughs> to no. believe, the nutritionist or the burger eater? Uh, clearly, the one who's got more expensive eating food. No, me. No. Who whose whose calorie intake is far higher? Yours is always far higher. <laughs> Absolutely fine. All right, so we've actually got some stuff to talk about today. Believe it or not. Um, yeah. So we got, we actually got sent uh, a message from we got Paul. Thanks, Paul. Um, actually, use the email. Not many people use the email um, for sending these kind of stuff. It's usually just like training inquiries or whatever. But a lot of people use Instagram. I'll have a lot more. Um, and also, I've learned that some people are ta- tagging uh, something called the Push Pull Legs Program um, right. <laughs> on Instagram. That's not us, right? <laughs> that's not. <laughs> that's not us. Uh, we've only got our personal ones. Uh, we haven't mm. set up a, a Pushball Legs podcast one. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, the, yeah, I looked on it. They've got like 5,000 followers of p- some people I know. I was like, yeah, just unfollow them. And then <laughs> come back. They, they, have, they, they haven't even got any posts. Like, I bet you I bet you the Pushball program has got loads of reviews on their oh, page yeah, yeah, about yeah. how good it is. <laughs> They're pinning out. I, I that's, where, that's where they've reviewed the show, you see. <laughs> I was like, that's great. They're doing really well. Pushball program. We're not the program, okay. we're the podcast, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. So basically, we're going to talk about fasting for uh, the first start of this show. Um, intermittent fasting, basically, but Dan can go into fasting as a, as a topic as well. Um, he kind of thought it would be, he said, fantastic podcast, wonderful. Always great to start off with a compliment. Um, yeah, great topic to cover, agree or debunk with. Um especially the comment targeting belly fat specifically in intermittent fasting so i did read this email out to dan like before it is it's nicely spaced out if anything it's nicely put together um but yeah it's a bit mad um 
So I'd urge if obviously this is an email that I'm guessing he's on this email list somehow he's found himself on there. Um, otherwise, he wouldn't be getting this kind of stuff. So are we gonna go through the whole email, or are we gonna we're gonna pick out? Skip to the interesting bit. Lovely, the, uh, the caught my eye. Um, so it was straight out. Hi, Mike. You struggling to get rid of body fat? Um, okay. It's been a calorie deficit for that. Yeah, um, but obviously just body fat. No. Nothing else, obviously, mm. body fat. Um, and you've been uh, finding it difficult to eat healthy all the time. Cool. He's got good news. The answer is intermittent fasting. Full stop. Mm. Nothing, nothing else. Absolutely nothing else. Um, once you get in the habit of intermittent fasting, you won't go back to your old ways. It enriches your life. Um, absolutely great. Wow. As long as you don't eat between 16 and 20 hours. Uh, right, we'll go. It's one of the most effective ways to lose weight. Yeah, I get you. Um, People have been doing this because it's one of the most proven ways to lose weight. Yeah, brilliant. Um, if you never fast, it might get... Yeah, you know, do you know what's a really good way of, of losing weight? is not eating. That, not, that does not, work. Not eating does, does work. No doubt. Mm. No doubt. Um, but starvation mode, Dan. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, you you might start to get hungry very quickly. If you don't eat, you get hungry. Full stop. It's groundbreaking. Um, it, it's not as hard as it uh, challenging, it seems. He just said it's really, really hard perfect so be patient and eventually your body will adapt to it as it normally would but he, he helpfully listed out some bullet points um in this this piece obviously he's put he's put some time into it ish uh, but not enough time to read up on it uh, there are lots of health and lifestyle benefits to intermittent fasting so for the uh, the bullet points feel more productive alert and focused throughout the day boost metabolic rate while helping your lower calorie intake all right burn fat whilst building muscle mm, mm. look and feel better all right, boost growth hormone. Mm. Prevent from getting diseases. D- doesn't state which kind of disease. Um, doesn't re- make sense. Uh, reduce inflammation. Doesn't really mis- make sense. Um, reduce the risk of cancer. That's a bold fucking claim. Wow. Um, inc- increase insulin sensitivity. Me. Mm. Slow down the aging process so you can live longer. What? Yeah. All right. Um, Improve heart health, maybe. Uh, you don't have to start your day and worry about breakfast. <laughs> no, because that's such a concern. Oh, my God. That's the one thing that stresses me. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, one of the biggest benefits wow. of intermittent fasting is that it makes it easier to burn belly fat because you don't need to worry about eating regular meals throughout the day. Um, wow, wow, wow. Just belly fat. You don't burn fat anywhere else. If you've got no. fat legs, it'll well, work. He's, he's gone from body fat to belly fat. So, fasting, Dan. Obviously, there's some. <sighs> I'm, I'm going to put it out there. There's some fucking tripe in that. Um, yeah. And the problem with it is that there's there's also some stuff in there that intermittent fasting does actually do. Yeah, there is. Um, but he's but he's just playing on the fact that you those things sound good and that it sounds like it's it's useful. So, for example, increased insulin sensitivity is something that could well happen with intermittent fasting and happens also when you when you lose weight when you're in a calorie deficit um but he's playing on that because you think that that's a good thing and, and like it is a it is a goodish thing like that's it's not going to harm you in any way um but you would get that just from being in a calorie deficit for example um, which is what intermittent fasting is anyway um so there are elements of that which are, are kind of true same with like the growth hormone like it does boost growth hormone um going through periods of fasting you have increased growth hormone what, that does not translate to anything no but it's, it's why, well great you know why not have it brilliant <laughs> so and like but again that sounds good right and it sounds effective and it sounds like something you should be doing um and 
What were the other things he went over? I can't understand the other shit. <laughs> Preventing cancer, that is a huge, bold statement that I'm pretty sure you can't make. Um, but yeah, the reducing aging thing is an interesting one because there's an element of fasting that does um, help regenerate new cells in the body, but it requires you to go for fasting for longer than a day, I believe. Like I think it's two days or something like that. Um, and fasting, I, I, I think that if you can do it, fasting for a day or two days once every couple of months would probably have health benefits. Um, I don't think that that's too far of a stretch to say that, but whether you can do it or not is another thing entirely because it's very, very difficult. Um, but in terms of fasting as a tool, like it's great for creating a calorie deficit because you won't have to track your food because in four hours it'd be very hard to overeat that much on that much food. Um, and, you know, if you're going for a, a 16 20 hour fast you've only got between four and eight hours of the day to eat food now i also know a lot of people who probably could eat 3,000 calories in eight hours quite comfortably um tom you are definitely one of them <laughs> um especially if you've gone for a period where you've been really really hungry um and i also agree with what he says that you do adapt to it like your body will kind of slowly adapt to it because i've tried it before and it was fine like you don't really get as hungry as you might think you do and all this sort of stuff um so they're the elements of it that I, I, I get, but there, there's a load of bullshit in there as well. Um, and essentially, it just creates a calorie deficit by default because you're not eating food for large periods of the day. Um, and it is actually helpful for some people who have this kind of all or nothing approach to things. A lot of people can be very kind of like, if you just say to them, right, you're doing intermittent fasting, and they become this person that just doesn't eat between the hours of 6 in the morning and 6 p.m. at night, like it's easier for them to stick to that diet because they're just someone then who doesn't eat and it's easier rather than trying the little and often weighing things out having a little bit and afraid of almost triggering you to want to eat more food they just don't eat they're just a person who doesn't eat during those times of the day so it can be useful for some personality types and some people uh, interestingly people who work in london it does seem to work quite well for them just because they're so busy they're so rushed all the time um however it is very individual to the person because if you train first thing in the morning you do not want to fast for the whole day until dinner time um i can guarantee that and i can guarantee you as well that if you had your eating window from six in the morning till midday and then fasted for the rest of the day and night until the next morning you would have a very very difficult time of it compared to doing it the other way around um so for someone who trains in the evening uh it can be a useful tool um training performance arguably may not be perfect um and you may want to break the fast before you train so you have some fuel and energy to train um but if you want to know more about it i guess there's a guy called martin birkin b-e-r-k-h-a-n who's a big proponent of uh, intermittent fasting it's called lean gains and he's a pretty strong fucking guy he's got like a 330 kilo deadlift i think um and he's not fat he's ripped and he's doesn't weigh a lot um and he, he's kind of like a big proponent of it and he talks a lot about it and how it's kind of misinterpreted by a lot of people um but you have to be very in tune with your body and what you do um but essentially there's nothing magic about it uh it just helps some people stick to a calorie deficit over the course of a week it's that's it nothing crazily special about it 
that is literally it. Yeah, I think the the biggest outliers within this guy's post is or email would be boosting metabolic rate. What would you say, Daniel? Yeah, and it's just like again, it's how many people would tell you the opposite though? How many people will say, "Oh yeah, if you fast, you, your metabolism is going to slow down"? Blah, blah, blah. And actually, yeah. again, the research kind of shows that if you have a day or two fasted, you you do actually get a slight bump up in metabolic rate. Again, nothing like nothing groundbreaking that's going to make you like sh- like sh- become shredded overnight. It's just again, it's <laughs> it's just ridiculous. Like the amount you're going to improve your metabolic rate. Let's say it's 50 calories. What do you do? Like brilliant. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't really mean anything. Uh, and the same, like I said, with the growth hormone thing, it doesn't mean anything. It's like, yeah, you get an increase in it, but without protein, without available energy, you're not going to synthesize new muscle protein. So it's kind of like irrelevant. Um, so with that, it, they also obviously say um, you burn fat while building muscle during intermittent fasting, which is yeah, probably I just, I just that 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 for me would be just if if somebody wrote that on there and then were like, actually, I'm gonna, I want you to try and burn fat and whilst build muscle the last thing of all diets within diets one that you don't eat kind of regularly around your like workouts would probably be but then again we could schedule the workout near when they fucking go nuts right yeah but it's just it's just one of those things where like having regular protein feedings is one of the most important things for building muscle tissue um having periods of of being anabolic as opposed to catabolic is vital um now you could eat 200 grams of protein in that eight hour window. Um, but you're still having longer periods of the day, arguably where you're catabolic than you are anabolic. And that's not the goal of when you're trying to gain size, when you're trying to gain size. You're trying to be in a positive nitrogen balance. Now, again, this guy, Martin Birkin, he's, he's ripped, he's shredded, he's big, he's built muscle. It's not saying you can't do it, but is it that it's not optimum? Is it that there's a better way of being more optimal? Um, and I think there is, and I think that's the way of doing it. And, I, I, to be honest, do a, a form of fasting, or I would call a form of fasting. I don't require many calories first thing in the day. Um, I'll just have a protein shake um, because I know I, I want to get my protein in because I want to build muscle tissue, but I don't really then have the need to then smash loads of food first thing in the morning. And I can quite happily go to lunch without any kind of carbs or fats per se. I can just rely on the protein element of it. Um, it's not really fasting because I've had a protein shake. So, um, But it's easier for me just to do that. Um, but I do that because I don't want to miss out on the benefits of having regular protein feedings. And you, you, um, you also don't want to risk having inflammation, right? Oh, and yeah, absolutely. Fuck <laughs> and again, it's like, if you ever want to sell anything, just throw in there, reduce inflammation because it can't be proven. It can't be tested. It's just pretty, you know, chuck it in there. Why not? Um, yeah, it's just it's just ugh, load of crap. Like, so you're just, you're one of the person who doesn't want to start your day worrying about breakfast. So you don't want to. Yeah, you. <laughs> I get really stressed about breakfast. Yeah, it's it's not one of those things that stresses me out. Um, yeah, I just and and again, I've always said to my clients, like, if breakfast is a meal that you have no time for, you can't be bothered. Yeah, I was like, have a protein shake and a banana. Oh well, I don't really like that. I'm not really sure. Well, you are bothered about breakfast then. You've just told me you're not bothered about breakfast. I've told you to have something that's very quick, easy to eat, but you're like, oh, I'm not really sure I don't like that. And it's like, well, if that's too much of an issue, then maybe you should be thinking about making a breakfast that you're looking forward to. Yeah. Um, and 
then it becomes apparent that they do want breakfast. They just don't want um, your breakfast to have to think. You know, or no, <laughs> they just don't want to think about it, right? And I get that. That for some people in the rush in the morning, it can be a problem. But again, it's a bit of a bullshit excuse. But if you're really worried about breakfast, just have a protein shake and get on with your day. Like at least cover that base. Like why not? Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just like I said for those people who are a personality type, it can be very very useful. Um, however, for the amount of clients I have and have had in the past, there's a lot of people it just doesn't work for. Yeah. Because it just doesn't fit in with their lifestyle regularly. Um, something like the five two diet um, or alternate day fasting, I've seen work. Again, I've never done it with a client. Um, but I know some people who have whatever they want on one day, don't eat the next day. Have whatever they want on one day, don't eat the next day. Um, I personally don't. I think that's a bit odd, personally. Um, which which, which is people, which is why I did it exactly. Um, I didn't even know you when I did it. Obviously, otherwise you would have gone. What is that, Dick? No, but again, it's one of those where again, like I get it. Like I get it from a personality point of view, like type. You just wake up that day on a Tuesday and go, oh, Tuesdays I don't eat food. Yeah. Like, and Tuesday, it's easy for you to just forget about food then. Like when you're dieting, one of the biggest problems is you always kind of think about food. You're like, oh, when's my next meal? When's this next this? And if you're fasting for the day and that's your thing that you do, you don't have to think about it. So, uh, so it was previous when, when I came out of university for my bachelor's. So in between doing my bachelor's and my master's, I because I wasn't doing as much sport in uni as I did pre-uni and I was eating like an absolute pig probably more the fact that I was having an alcohol way way too much alcohol um I came out of uni probably sitting around 93 to 94 kilos um and then but obviously Dan you you knew me when I first joined third space I was sitting at around 78 kilos probably 77 78 i was skinny as a well I, I didn't i didn't i didn't take you to the scales and make you weigh yourself no but you, you could yeah. probably you could <laughs> but i wasn't i wasn't you wouldn't say i was fat um you you'd say i was i was quite wow wow <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, i were. was i was quite uh skinny we were, also, we were both skip we were both skinny as rakes when we first yeah, joined the third space exactly let's be so, honest um when we first started working together but basically in between um, doing my bachelor's, I, I did two months worth of uh, the intermittent, kind of like a 5-2 slash intermittent uh, day on day off thing. So my personal experience of it, and again, I wouldn't really, this wouldn't be something I would go to and advocate with my clients um, at all. But if it does fit, then maybe. Um, it would, but it would be after trying the probably more optimal route. Um, so day on day off, I'd have literally anything I fucking liked within within reason kind of eat normally on one day and then the next day I would limit myself to like half like a roll and an egg and then mm -hmm. another half of a roll and an egg um, that was a, what's that like mm, total of about 400 calories probably yeah yeah um, and then like in the evening I would have like a really minimal around amount of like chicken um, and then that's it and that would be it must my... been so much fun to be around those yeah, days. So much fun. Um, bearing in mind, um, this was in between bachelor's and master's, so I was already getting ready to go to my master's, and I was kind of just—I was only really working as a lifeguard. So, mm. yeah. I think it's one of those where it's <laughs> optimal is a funny word, and it's the word that yeah, it's thrown yeah, around. It's, but... it's 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 
it's in, on an individual basis. It's optimal for that person, whether they can adhere to it, what they can do. And again, for most people I work with, their goal, it's not really optimal to think about fasting. If they came to me and suggested it and said, look, I really want to try it. I think I do really well on it. Like, then yeah, we can talk about it and we can go for it. And then, you know, but it's not really often something that when people come to me and they kind of go, oh, you know, I, I, I'm an all or nothing kind of person. I don't really care much for food. Um, I'm like, well, why are you in this kind of place already <laughs> then, you know, but um, don't really care much for food or whatever. Or maybe they're like, all I can think about is food. I want to just be able to not think about it. Maybe you'd go, right, well, we're going to cool. turn you into an intermittent fast or whatever. It just doesn't really happen for, for me and my clientele, really, that I get that coming in. Um, but I used to have clients in the gym who I'd see in the evenings who would who would do fasting during the day they just wouldn't eat um and they'd have something before they came to the gym um and i had i had one guy in particular who did really really well on that and lost shit loads of weight um and i think it's because he came a bit more health conscious and he was worried as well he, he'd say to me all the time like oh uh but i'm gonna go into starvation mode and you know i need to, <laughs> i know i need i know he's like i know i need to eat breakfast i'm like no you don't need to eat breakfast if you don't like it just don't eat it um because again, he was one of these people that once he started eating, he felt like he would just always eat. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's a fascinating area. But like you say, the claims made in that email are just absurd. Yeah. Um, quite frankly. And a lot of them are associated with losing weight and being in a calorie deficit rather than just... <laughs> yeah. It would have been nice to put a little disclaimer at the bottom and been like, if you just lose weight, most of these things will happen anyway. Um, yeah. Depend- non-depending on which diet you're on. It's just a, a yeah. tool. Um, yeah, I know. Um, I know. I know that Martin McDonald's a huge proponent of it. I know he loves it, and he. I think you know. I've, I've listened to him talk a few times, and he's um, does it personally quite a lot. Yeah. Um, and I think there is a bit of a stigma attached to it that people do get a bit worried um, about it, and that you know it does have bad connotations of like, oh, you're going to ruin your metabolism and stuff. Um, so I think it is important that people know that it's perfectly safe. You can do it. Um, it just has to be right for the individual. And if you've never tried it before, um, skipping breakfast and just starting mm. eating food at lunch, like maybe give it a go if you yeah. if you think that's an easy way to, to kind of go about things. But if you don't deal well with hunger, um, probably not for you. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just a tool, right? It's just a tool in your toolbox. It's just a, a way of dieting if someone maybe doesn't want to track as much as you might want them to or they, do, you know, they really want to kind of stick to those things or they want to save their calories for social events it can be a great way of doing that yeah for sure. um just um the first few times you do it just be aware of what you're doing and make sure that you um are ready for the potential hunger and uh the hangriness that might may ensue yeah well and to be honest when when i was kind of doing it my training didn't totally suck it was hard but it didn't totally suck because i knew my goal was just to lose weight yeah. and that's what i wanted to do so i was still committed to that goal for two months mm. i was i was still gonna train and i was still gonna try and do everything as much possible as normal as possible to keep my uh, calorie output the same but yeah it wasn't wasn't totally sucky i think you still will be okay and i kind of i felt better obviously well it's not obvious i guess a lot of people might think that you feel better to train on the kind of on the day you can eat everything i felt better to train on the fasted day um mm. most likely because i was kind of basically full from the day before um so yeah advocate it so doesn't matter if you want to do it do it all right moving on daniel because that's it's almost stupid things but not really are you drawing something mid mid yeah just writing down some stuff to say to you mate 
Amazing, wonderful, cool. Yeah, <laughs> let rip. Right, we're gonna talk about a little bit training wise because Dan actually wanted to talk about lunging. Um, yeah, no, I just but I but just I like think about we'll, it. We'll, we'll turn this into kind of something more useful than ranting about lunging um, and do's and don'ts, and we can turn it into squat supplement, squat supplementations. How do you supplement your squat? As people, mm. I'm, I'm gonna guess a lot of the guys who listen to the podcast definitely squat. Nobody, yeah. s- nobody skips that like they even Boxy was doing some sort of uh, I didn't watch the video I'm gonna be honest you were there yeah, was, you were um, on the video that was, right? that was heavy yeah. that was really heavy yeah, it looked was, like um, it was on a snap in half yeah there was 200 kilos on that pendulum squat machine um, pretty heavy yeah um, no, the reason I wanted to talk about it was because I saw a post it's probably by a famous S&C coach I can't remember who it was now but it's something along the lines of like again like we've talked about um you know, you need to master these six things in any program. And it was like um, squat, hinge, lunge, push, pull, carry. And it's like, it's, it's, it's good, right? I, I, like, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying it's shit. Uh, it's just a lunge one that really gets me. I just hate the word lunge. Yeah. Um, because in my head, I just <laughs> see, I see the things that I've seen in the past. Um, you know, it's like it's a really bad kind of flashback to people that I'm looking at them going, how have you not broken your knee um, with the way they lunge? Um, and I only mean forward lunges. So forward lunges, walking lunges um, are just done so badly. I would, if I was to redo that, I would just say squat, hinge, push, pull, carry. And that's that would kind of be it. And I'd, you'd make sure that in their squat pattern, there was some kind of supplementary single leg work. Right, yep. and I get why you might need to lunge if you're an athlete, um, but it's just an exercise that is done so poorly and has such a high risk to it and such a little reward to it, in my opinion, um, that it shouldn't really be a main focus of many people's programs, especially when it comes to supplementing their squat. Now, the only difference to that is a reverse lunge, because there's a lot more control involved. Um, and your knee is stable for a majority of the time, and it's easier to control that knee position. Yes. And there's less shearing forces on your knee. Um, so, yeah, they're the things that I kind of think about when I when, when I think about the lunge. I've lunged before. We've lunged together. Heavy lunge, reverse <laughs> lunge. Um, that sounded a bit weird. Uh, that did sound a bit odd, yeah, yeah. We have lunged together, yeah. Dan. Yeah. We have lunged together, Tom. <laughs> in don't, sync. Don't you deny it. Don't it, you deny it, Tom. You should have seen it. We were in sync, both racks there. We're dropping down, yeah. reversing at the same time. Oh, yeah. It was something yeah. to behold. So, yeah, I just think for most people, like, uh, a better supplementary movement is a Bulgarian split squat or even just a normal split squat. Like, I don't understand why, you, why the forward lunge is a necessary movement. So I'd weigh in. So I think you said a few words there that you've got to kind of explain as well. So shearing force. Yeah, the amount like just shearing shearing force is basically shearing force is when two counteracts each other going perpendicular at at each other. So one one motion is going up, one motion is going down, and you can create shearing force by taking those 
basically where the force is implemented away from each other. So wherever your load is, it goes away. So in a forward lunge and you're bouncing back, you're actually bouncing kind of away to where you're placing down your force um, and where the load is. So it's it's quite hard. You'll, mm. f- you'll feel the shearing force straight into your patella tendon. Any, well, anywhere, yeah. any tendon kind of ligamenty soft tissue stuff around your knee. Disclaimer, just in case somebody yells at me for the exact tendon that they're using. Um, yeah. That would be this kind of one shearing force because obviously every exercise has shear. So one of these is also like using a cable for uh, single leg RDLs and stuff instead of a kettlebell or something like that. There's less mm. shear on the force. Um, so and then the walking lunges, um, I totally agree on that fact. But I still because I run courses on that exact kind of basis of programming, and I still have the lunge progression in there. But I don't call it a lunge progression. Mm. for kind of the just so Dan doesn't get angry um, yeah I, I, I call it a unilateral knee dominant exercise and the thing is look when I was a trainer like I'd have a lot of my clients reverse lunging like it's not it's not a bad movement like, right. I, I love a reverse lunge and I would still program it for a lot of people like now even now my my biggest gripe is that it was on this thing it was like you should base a lot of your programming around it and I was like mm. yeah there's only silly reverse lunges you can do before you kind of go is this really necessary and like and, and i'd make sure that all my clients could do reverse lunges before they could ever do walking lunges but even with my clients i didn't really get them doing walking lunges it's just like again what is the where's where's the necessity in, in making them walk with it then they could just stand still and um yeah like we've seen some videos on instagram of people who are carrying you know 100 pound 50 kilo dumbbells each side in walking lunges and i'm like mate there's a much better way for you to train your legs. Yeah. I just don't, I just don't really, I, I personally, I just look at it and go, why are you putting yourself into that position and that risk and that potential for injury where you just don't need to? Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's just my view. I'm not saying people are right or wrong if they do it. Like, go, so, go if, for it. so if we're saying like, say unilateral squat supplements is what we're really talking about. Um, mm. Advising the steps because I totally agree. This is one of my bugbears of people throwing a walking lunge far too early in programming that that I can't handle it, or that they're just basically like, they haven't checked the box on other stuff that would be like a- I know, I've I've seen people who like can't do it with no weight like they literally like you know just get them to put their hands on their head and just go right walking lunge. I want you to come up all the way into hip flexion, stand on one leg, and then go forward. And like you look at it sometimes with no weight, and I'm like, nah. You've not know, you know, there's a lot of work we've got to do there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. get out. Um, you're not, you're not carrying dumbbells doing that. Um, yeah, it's just like you said. There's a lot of things to check off the box. Yeah. For me, when you're working with clients as a personal trainer, than walking lunges, and I, I, I would, I would go as far to say as I wouldn't do walking lunges with a client with weight. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far. I still do them. Um, yeah, so, no, I'm just trying to pick on you, Tom. Yeah. But, um, so it, no, I just again, I just, I just think it's like as a conditioning movement, there are there are some people who who can do it, um, but I just think it's one of those where um, it would be very towards the very end of a lot of my progressions, and especially working with a yeah. client, it would be very much near the end of their journey with me. That if they could do that successfully, I'd be like, right, you're pretty strong now. Like, I'm <laughs> released happy, into your journey. You're released into the wild. Go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. to to get around this, I can um, give a little. So you can go split squat first, absolutely. So you want to be able to split squat by body weight, and then isometrically split squat 
So when I mean by isometric, just literally go in a split squat stance, 90 degrees, 90 degrees, and raise yourself like two inches off the floor. Stay there, please. For like 20, 30 seconds, then swap legs, do that. Uh, make sure you can do those movements before. Then the like either rear foot or front foot elevated split squats, cool. Then you start re- basically reverse lunging. Then you do your front foot elevated reverse lunges, cool. Now we check them off. And then now we're starting to think about maybe walk-in lunges or some sort of lunge um so but still i'd probably have done step-ups before uh some sort of step because people like step-ups steps right it's pretty it's pretty like foundational more more functional Um, functional. but the only good thing about walking lunge it is a slow slow uh, down gait pattern and it does allow it does put a hell of a lot of scrutiny within somebody's gait and you can see what's happening a hell of a lot in their hip and their their foot Mm. um so i do use it as an assessment tool every now and again but also if i'm ever going to write them in walking lunges will be split up before i start to do them so i will be doing a non-alternating walking lunges before i do alternating walking lunges for the base of you have to reset at the top and walk and it slows the whole movement down and you are far basically you're taking far more care over it mm. so non-alternating before alternating walking lunges please guys if you're gonna look really fucking smart do that and I, i'm gonna guarantee if some if you're with a client that you start to do it and then you've kind of hit those progressions before and then you go non-alternating before alternating it might mop up a lot of stuff because they get to focus on one side they're gonna basically set their foot out and be in a gait pattern a hell of a lot more um and they'll look at their knee every single time try it fuck it do it. Yeah, and make and make sure it looks good. Like <laughs> I've seen some stuff like you wouldn't believe and you know, you're looking at it from a point of view of you want to make sure it looks like from the side potentially, like a squat almost on the yeah, yeah, leg that's forward be. in the it lunge. Yeah. And you don't want them always pushing all their weight through their back foot just to get up. Yeah. Um again, in terms of ugliness, what happens is people push off that back leg, they're not quite strong enough on the front leg, and then they kinda like nearly fall over. So yeah. it is it isn't for me, it's just an advanced movement um that again i think a lot of people just throw in far too early um and definitely do not do a forward lunge and then back again in one place it just it just it just looks silly and i don't like it just there's a lot of stuff that goes wrong too much stuff that can go wrong yeah but yeah it's just it's just a discussion it was just uh, (laughs) you know i'll happily i'll happily still do walking lunges with people i just think um like I said, it has to have a. You have to have a very, very. For me, you have to have a very, very strong client, and you have to know why you're doing it. And for me, it has to be the progressions have to have been ticked off before you get to that point. Do not rush to do them. No. Um, there's, think, there's far, there's far better exercises to be doing. Let's let's face it. All those progressions, somebody might have been with me for six months before they start mm. doing the walk and lunge stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. That's what I was getting at. Yeah, and then don't, but, don't do it on their first session. Yeah, but then by all means that after six months they might have body weight walking lunges for like some lateral flexion spine uh during their warm-ups we see a lot of that during mine so amazing man cool split anyway squats, that's step ups. That, was, that was getting real heavy <laughs> if, if everyone wants to peek behind the curtain dan is sitting in the dark it is quite mm. it's very very spooky um, I feel Which is like my I, face, isn't it? I'm wearing black, I'm wearing <laughs> black t-shirt. Literally, I'm gonna take a picture of this and put yeah, it out because that's a bit odd. Uh, you can see quite, my headphones, a white yeah, headphone. Yeah, so. I know it's a little bit weird. It's very, I don't know. It's just like I'm talking to just a floating head. There we go. <laughs> 
that's fucking weird. All right. Right. So, <laughs> things on the internet this week. Ooh, that sounds like bollocks. Probably because it is. Stupid things on the internet this week. Yeah, what we got? So I think it's the article that was posted in the group. Who posted it in there? I think, I think, um, I think Alex, Alex did. Didn't did the, yeah, Alex. Alex is a massive contributor to that group. Big up, Alex. I really like the stuff you posted. There. I think the yeah. the post you put about um, blood flow restriction was really good. Um, yeah. And we got some good discussion going. And yeah, especially, I think, especially know, from from from, so, from somebody who actually yeah has done it and does yeah, it. Exactly, in rehab. Yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously, you know, we're, we're sat there going, look, we never really use it, and then actually he. <laughs> would would really use it again from a rehab point of view it's you know and he kind of pointed us in the direction of some stuff and said look this is actually what it's now being used for and it's um good to see that it is actually being being used you know and i think tony james court also put out a post the other day um about it i think saying how he thought when it first came along it was going to be a bit of a fad and actually it stuck around and he was like actually i've changed my mind on it and my view so um there is there are things that it's, it's useful for um so yeah so if you haven't checked that already go into the group and have a little read of what alex wrote yeah um because it was really well put together, really well thought out. Um, even though Tom decided to argue with him again and comment, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had to. I had to. It's, <laughs> it's good to have. It's good to know that we've got a place we can have discussions. Like when I read the comments, like some people would get um, defensive or some people would get annoyed. But it was a really nice discussion about you know actually how would you use it? When can we use it? Is it useful? And um, so yeah, if you want to have a read of that, go check it out. So yeah. Um, it was an article about um, was it Australia? A woman who competed in bodybuilding shows, and they and she unfortunately died. And the basically headline read: um, "Fitness so, enthusiast dies from too much protein" or something like that. So I've I've got I've got it up now. So yeah, uh, stunning bodybuilder, twenty five, dies after her body fails to break down strict diet of protein supplements and egg whites. So it's just like a scaremongering like article that is just ludicrous in it in how it's come across. Um, the, the woman in question had an issue with her body where yeah. her body couldn't break down the ammonia, and ammonia is a, a byproduct of, of protein. She, and, got, um, she had a yeah a urea cycle disorder. Yeah, and it's um, it's something that will affect her but will not affect anyone else. And the article was basically trying to claim that her lifestyle of eating high protein foods was dangerous. And like, I think it even said in there, and again, I'm not, I'm not having a go. Of course I'm not like I'm a parent. So I know, um, but her, her parents have said like, Oh, we want the, we want people to be, to be aware of the danger of high protein diets and stuff. And it's like, you'd never obviously say to them, or, oh, you know, you've been stupid or whatever, but it's a case of, it's almost like, I think Brad Schoenfeld said it. I think he shared the, the post and he said it in a post and he said, it's like nut allergy sufferers saying that all peanuts in the whole world should be banned when it's like, well, actually it only affects one in a few people. Yeah. Um, it's like saying that nuts are killing everyone. It's like, they're not, they're just dangerous for those people who are allergic to them. And it's the same with, unfortunately this, this female um, who couldn't break down, her body couldn't break down protein at the, at the right rate or whatever. And fortunately, um, that's kind of affected her but is it's that whole argument of the media want to sensationalize all these problems um and make it out to seem far far worse than it actually is um and you know you're probably going to get if you're if you're a fitness enthusiast yourself and you know you're on you know and your parents read the sun um or you know your family members read the sun they will and they see this and it probably be in other papers by tomorrow or the day after but they'll 
use that sensacious headline and be like, oh, you shouldn't be having those protein shakes. They're bad for you. Like, I'm probably going to get it next time I speak to my parents, 100% probably. They don't read the sun, but they'll probably get wind of the article somehow. Um, and I've always had my parents say like, oh, should you be taking those those protein shakes? You know, are they steroids? I'm like, oh my God, mom, have you seen my arms? Like, seriously. <laughs> um, you know, and it's just one of those things where unfortunately the media for a lot of people is their kind of first exposure to information, um, which is a worrying thought in itself. Um, but yeah, I think it's just, you know, we usually have a bit of a light-hearted kind of rant at this point, but I think it's actually a serious, obviously, article with a really serious consequence to it. But unfortunately, yeah. protein isn't to blame per se. It's just the unfortunate genetic condition that, that the woman had. Yeah, I mean, so from including like a high protein intake does have some metabolic stresses, but excessive exercising and dieting can create like excessive ammonia in the body which is basically the inflammation term i'm sure it's going to get flown around um mm. but it's it was her circumstance that she could not cycle the urea out of her body um so obviously ammonia is toxic um and basically it uh caused irreversible brain damage on her mm. so which is absolutely devastating um but it shouldn't it shouldn't be basically being preached around that every protein supplement, and we've said it before on this podcast, that a protein shake for us is no longer seen as a supplement. It's seen as a staple um, just mm. because people often lack being able to get a sufficient amount in their diet, um, even with the government daily guideline, which are very, very low for anything and also we're all we're all fitness fanatics we all need it to recover otherwise we're going to be even mm. worse we're probably going to have any or other kind of stressor in our body because we're not recovering in time um so it's just very sad that that that's happening and then there's going to be a hell of a lot of scaremongering and i'm sure a lot of people who listen to this podcast are going to get asked about it over the next week or so um, you know what as well there'll be there'll be someone somewhere and it'll probably be some vegan website or something that, but they'll probably kind of like jump on it as well and kind of use it as an argument of so like why I, products are bad and again it's just like uh actually this woman it would have happened to if she ate too much plant protein as well like it's yeah. not just you know but they will they will they'll use the headline and they'll they'll make the most of it and it's unfortunate but um i think it's just important that you have to remember that when you're trying to challenge views as well like i think this is the other thing that i think is important with this is that when you challenge people's views, you can't be aggressive in, in your tone because that's just not going to get you anywhere. So like trying to troll people or tell them they're idiots um, <laughs> for for not listening to you is not going to get you anywhere. I think it's just a case of having to very c calmly explain to them, you know, like this is what the research shows. It's just filtered milk or whatever or like, you know, there's not really a huge problem and explain the actual intricacies of this woman's problem that she had. You're going to gain more respect than just calling someone an idiot because that they have believed the title of a, of a newspaper article or something like that. Um, so that's the other bit of advice I give people if they do have questions thrown their way um, about this from clients and all sorts. You know, I think it's important that you react in a, in a calm way and don't let your bias kind of take over and and almost get angry because it's just usually not going to be met with um with uh, much positivity or or just shout have you read the article then throw a protein shake on their head is yeah that's what tom would do so that's what i would that. do so yeah, yeah. or just right. yeah just do that absolutely fine there we go <laughs> end of man all right um so we got a 
couple of weeks have lined up of pretty amazing, very special guests. Um, yeah. So I think we'll keep your eye out for the next two weeks because we've got two pretty big guests. I'm going to say um, we haven't had a guest for a while, and we got two in the space of two in a week, even. Um, hey, no, look, I was just I was saying actually this. I, I've recorded. As of tomorrow, I will have recorded five podcasts in eight days. That's commitment. Yeah, that's, that's a lot, man. Yeah. I did well. I did a team box one the other day as well. Yeah. So yeah, I did the same. It's like four or five. So it's crazy. Like, but um, hopefully they'll be like I said. We'll get them out to you um, every Wednesday. We're not going to kind of change that routine. Um, they're going to come to you when they're going to come to you. Regular in your podcast inbox every Wednesday morning when you wake up. <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll uh, keep your eye out for those and, and let us know what you think. Um, of the guests we've got our own questions to ask them unfortunately otherwise we'll be here for two hours speaking to them um so yeah hopefully we'll get your feedback on that as well that'd be useful so don't forget to check out tom's instagram post about getting those free protein bars um well worth entering that um and yeah that's it i think from us tom that's it dude all right catch you guys next week see you later